Tabitha Mason. I'm the managing partner or owner operator of Zingerman's Corn Man Farms. We are a 27 acre uh, event venue, normally culinary destination and working farm uh, that is located in Dexter, Michigan, just outside of Ann Arbor. Uh, We are also a business that is part of the larger Zingerman's community of businesses. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Impact Studios podcast series here at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business here in Ann Arbor. I'm your host, Jeffrey Sanchez-Burks, faculty director of the Impact Studio, where we harness design and business acumen to help create equitable, sustainable solutions for organizations. Tabitha, thanks so much for talking with us. You're in the business of throwing extraordinarily memorable uh, events, live events, creating memories. Uh, Tell us, what's it look like from the view on the ground? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, we were heading into 2020, very excited to be kicking off our sixth season of business. And this was a really special year for us because it was the first year that we were going to have a net operating profit. And so we wrote a plan that we were incredibly excited uh, about. And then what happened? We will not be achieving a net operating profit this year because uh, for a long period of time earlier this year, no events were allowed. Gatherings of Mm. any size were not allowed. How severe are the constraints? Currently, we are operating under an executive order that allows us to have 10 people indoors, and that includes staff and vendors. Well, so tell us when um, when lockdown was in place, uh, what did what was it? What did you feel? What what was sort of your um, early experiences as this really started to evolve and you realized that of many industries, you, your business in particular was going to be very much affected? You know, when this all started in March, I really thought we're going to give this a month and everything will be okay, right? Let's reach out to our April events and make some new plans for them. But then we're going to have this figured out, which was not uh, was not the case. It was devastating. You know, we have built a business model built entirely on being able to host mm. people on property. Wow. You know, as professionals in the event industry, I, I personally really pride myself on rolling with the punches and making events happen regardless of what sort of circumstances happen, right? Normally, that's like a rain plan, not a pandemic. All of our large events have either canceled or postponed to 2021. Hmm. Tiny weddings. How might they help save the day? So luckily, a few years ago, we had created what we call a tiny wedding, which we've designed to accommodate up to 10 people, which conveniently fits with the executive order. How did that go? It it was different. Uh, It didn't look like events, you know, have previously. At that time, we weren't allowed to serve food on property. So people could gather, but they couldn't eat. No food. No food. Could they dance? They couldn't dance. We, we, so a wedding with no food and no dance. This is a, what was it? It's Beaumont, <laughs> Oklahoma. Foot, footloose or something. It was, no dancing, no food, and a very wedding. Very much so. Um, I wish I got married under those conditions. <laughs> it actually saved a lot. Yeah, I don't like people watching me dance, so that actually would have been uh, okay for me. But, you know, they were <laughs> determined to keep their original date. They scaled down their guest count, and they ended up having us provide a full meal for 20 people that they took home with them. So they left with their cake, champagne, and dinner, (laughs) and they went and had the party where they could have it. 
do as part of the services, do you help um, the couples provide cover of who does not get invited? So you just say, well, the venue had a role in this. So I, you know, I would have you all if I could. But. I would say, just blame it on me. Just say, I would invite you, but we can only have. <laughs> Another thing I really liked that I, I have been telling my couples about is uh, what another caterer calls a shift wedding. And so, you know, you have originally a party with maybe 200 people on the guest list and that can't happen. Well, it really can't happen at one time, right? And so if you could imagine sort of this ongoing, like an open house, you know, 40 people in this particular state is what they were allowed to have. Uh, And so these waves of 40 people coming by uh, where you can nicely say to someone, you're invited, this is your period of time, right? Due to the the gathering maximums. And so the caterers, yep, just doing breakfast, lunch, dinner through the whole party. Wow, that's a great bricolage. So as you mentioned, it's like a um, open house meets wedding. Yes, yeah. So it lets people still have the um, all of the guests they want to see. Uh, and I just thought that was a really creative way to work within the guidelines. And so you can still have a beautiful celebration in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, they're getting gorgeous pictures all around the property. They're spending less time, less money. Um, and it's a way for them to start their lives without having to wait. Wow. Was there a, a particular couple that you, that sort of back in your memory that was um, not only affected, but had a sort of an, a very remarkable reaction or really it was very hard for them? You know, I think we saw both ends uh, of the spectrum. There are couples that will forever um, have a soft spot in my heart because when we reached out to them, you know, their immediate response was somewhere along the lines of, wow, this must be terrible for you, Mm. right? And I remember a conversation after having so many upset couples and talking to uh, this groom who said, how are you doing when we started our conversation? And it actually made me cry, Mm. which I've never done, you know, in, in that sort of professional setting. But I was just overwhelmed that during such a hard time, someone wanted to know how we were doing. It was really, really human, and I loved it. Right. There's sort of the, the humanity going in both directions on this. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you saved some future divorces. I don't know. You know <laughs> One of the interesting things that I know from what you've done is partner with corporations to have events, but not just have events, but allow them to give back. So a partnership with Mott's Children's Hospital. Yeah. And, um, can you tell us a little bit about... Uh, what that has been in the past and sort of your thoughts about that going forward. Of course, it's one of my favorite things uh, to talk about. I never grew up seeing myself as a business owner, right? I was very, very happy Mm. to be a manager uh, probably for the rest of my life until, you know, I was sort of struck by this idea that I could do more good as an owner, right? And sort of my impact and my reach could go beyond the employees that I was directly working with and sort of into the community at large. Mm -hmm. And that's why we came up with this partnership that we have with Mott Children's Hospital, which has been called uh, Cook to Connect. Uh, I'm sorry, Cook for a Cause. (laughs) Too many. (laughs) See, now I've made uh, the new new package. New products. uh, Keep evolving, right. Right. (laughs) So Cook for a Cause allowed us to bring in people from all over the country and thanks to Ross, all over the world and tell them what Mott Children's Hospital does, which is provide amazing services for children who are born with a variety of issues all over the world. And 
we actually work together and make food that then gets delivered to the families of the patients who are staying at Mott Children's Hospital. And it's really powerful. We bring someone in from Mott to talk about the services Mott provides and uh, to you know share the, the message about what Mott does. And then uh, they can also talk about how those families react when they get those meals. Yeah. So I remember, you know, some of these engagements with, say, companies would send some executives to get some training. And one of the sessions would evo- would really much focus on meaning and engagement yeah. and the things that drive it. And your organization embodies it. But what was amazing to see is how you could have them engage in an activity where they come together cooking and eating um, and having t- quality time together, but then also being able to contribute to this amazing cause. I mean, it just hit on all things. So given that we have to have physical distance, there's no, nothing about social distance, hmm. physical distance. Um, what does that look like in, um, in this, new, this new idea, this new venture you have? Well, what we created now is a spinoff, uh, which we call Cook to Connect. And it came from our desire to, well, one, our desire to have some revenue, our yeah. desire to continue uh, to support Mott Children's Hospital. Uh, and this idea that we were feeling, even as a business of 14 employees, you know, we felt disconnected because we were all working remotely. Uh, when we come in, you know, we come in and shift so that there isn't any potential contamination, no. right? And so if we were feeling like we wanted to spend time together and, and we were missing our connection with each other, you know, I could only imagine what it was like for someone who had, you know, 100 employees. Yeah. Uh, so we came up with our take on it, on it, which is an online version where we create uh, meals with ingredients that either people buy themselves uh-huh. or we can send directly to them depending on uh, where they live. And then we all log into Zoom together at the same time. Uh, we can have our friend from Mott come and again, talk about uh, Mott Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And then we all make a meal together because at the end of the day, that to me is like where life happens around the dinner table, right? Wonderful. And so with it's the same way ingredients. Yeah, yes. that you sent yep. them. Nice. And yeah. with, a, with some uh, cooking instruction as well. Yeah. So Chef Kieran uh, will be there for all the knife skills and bad jokes uh, that you can pack into <laughs> two hours. Uh, yeah. So what's next? I mean, I, I, it's probably only reasonable to be looking to the fall. Uh, yes. Not much even beyond that. What's what's sort of your 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 take? What's, what are you doing to um, prepare for going forward in the coming months? We're doing a couple of different things. One, we are uh, actively doing food every week uh, in a to-go capacity. So starting this Wednesday, we're offering a fish and chips pop-up. So every Wednesday night, we're going to do fish and chips uh, in honor of Kieran's British uh, heritage. (laughs) He makes a great fish and chip. And he says they're, you know, what I consider to be fish and chips here in the U.S. isn't great fish and chips. So he's excited to do that. Uh, It gives us an opportunity to stay connected with people and also generate ongoing revenue. Nice. And um, so what one of the things I think would be fascinating to hear from you is what's your advice to other businesses? Everyone um, is really trying to look to others to sort of say, how how did you pull this off? What are you doing? How can we share and come together together? Um, and provide some support. What advice do you have to other businesses, particularly those in this space, about how to to keep going and, and navigate as you have done? 
Yeah, I think there's two things that are really important. First, now more than ever, it's always been our philosophy, and I hope that this spreads to the business community. It's about compassion more than competition, right? We are working actively with all of the partners in the, in our industry, even people who on paper are would be competition, right? Because we need our industry to survive. We need to do the right thing by the couples who are looking to host weddings and, and people who want to have events. Uh, and so this isn't a time to think about us versus them, right? We need to figure out ways that we can support each other so that at the end, we're all still here. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, and talking with me and talking with us and here sharing some of your stories. Of course. It's always my pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening. That was Tabitha Mason from Zingerman's Corman Farms. If you'd like to learn more about some of the amazing things they're doing and the culinary experiences they're providing, visit zingermanscormanfarms.com. This podcast was produced in collaboration with Ivani Sharma. And if you'd like to learn more about the Impact Studio, visit rossimpactstudio.com. Thanks for listening.